Welcome to the Minister's Friend podcast with pastor and author Dr. John Kimball. The Minister's Friend is a podcast helping pastors and other church workers navigate the challenges of leading the flock. John has been a church planter, a local church pastor, a seminary professor, and a denominational leader. He coaches and mentors pastors and missionaries around the world. Drawing on over 30 years of experience in local, regional, and national ministry, John and some of his colleagues provide practical guidance on the topics you request. We are so glad you've joined us. And now, here's our host, Pastor John. Thanks, Anna. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Minister's Friend Podcast. There are some things about pastoral ministry that only pastors truly understand. I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but it's true. It often frustrates me when I hear a parishioner or another leader in a congregation speak critically about their pastor, demonstrating they clearly do not know their pastor's heart or experience. There are few things more painful in this life than pouring yourself into someone for the kingdom, only to have them walk away, or even to turn on you as a pastor. And we do well to avoid trite sayings like, This too shall pass, or You just need to have faith, when we see our pastor hurting. In today's episode of The Minister's Friend, Stephen Barr and I continue our discussion about innovative disciple-making with a double reality check. It takes a lot of time to discern the culture of your community so that you can effectively reach into it and love people into Jesus' kingdom. And even when our investment is successful, some of those disciple-making relationships are messy, challenging, and filled with heartache. Stephen begins this segment talking about how cast member churches' microchurch structure helps their disciple-making efforts to go deep with the people that they reach. Let's pick up our conversation there and listen for how long it took them, even as a brand new church plant, to learn the culture of their unique Disney community. But it took seven years of mining the culture here and learning What's it going to take for a church to have kingdom influence here? Um, you know, I could have come in with my own plan. I did come in with my own plan. And God said, nope, not going to do it that way. We're going to do it my way. And so it was yielding to him and listening to the culture, understanding the needs, the hurts, the heartaches, the, the failures, uh, the, the, the mess of everyone's life has. But in our case, it was uh, you have a lot of very unique people that work here. And we, God invited us into their messes. And see, I think this is really important for the pastors and the church leaders out there to hear, is that you're a brand new church. It took you seven years. <laughs> Long to, years. To, to, Long, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 470 day years and yeah. 365 yeah. days. Yes. So seven years to, to get this to a place where it was, where you are now and mm. exciting things are happening. So a lot of these churches that are established churches, mm. they have to rethink... Mm -hmm. Getting down to, and, and this micro-church idea is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, we have these small groups that basically are Bible study information download times. Right, right. Or prayer gatherings, which are fine, mm -hmm. but it's not what we're talking about here. No. We're really talking about a microcosm mm -hmm. of the church that loves and cares for, it. you know, mm -hmm. the people that are in it. Mm -hmm. But that that could take a long time because you have mm -hmm. to unpack and, mm -hmm. and disassemble the things that are in the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. I think I think one thing... I've learned in talking to pastors and helping them move from what they have to what they feel called to do is don't try to change the church. Don't try to change the church. Find about 10% of the congregation that get would get this 
and start investing in them. Start start experimenting. And it, it, the word is experimenting because it's going to look different in every context. Yes. But start planting the seeds in a small garden of your congregation, empowering them, giving them the freedom to fail, mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to explore. And but give them some special time that where you can pour into them and over time and i say that very slowly over time <laughs> it will begin to produce fruit and it will slowly move i'm not sure you'll ever get a hundred percent of the people on board but you'll start to see the garden begin to grow and the seeds begin to germinate and, and spread out. Even if the church as a whole doesn't get it, you now have a piece of the church that's expanding kingdom influence in a different direction. You may end up with a church plant. May, you may end up with, uh, a, like what we have, a network of micro churches. I don't know. That's up to God. But you, you can start. There is something you can do. And, and you haven't talked about it, but along the way, you've also had challenges and, and, and heartache. <laughs> um, I mean, I know you, yeah. you and I are in relationship, yeah, so I know exactly. some of those stories. Yeah. But, but there, there is painful times uh, Jesus had Judas mm-hmm. you know there yeah. are yeah so. the, it, sometimes it's it, it's it's three things sometimes it's Satan I mean sometimes he's just flat out you know frontal attack and and we've experienced that just working in the Disney environment um, sometimes it's people that just don't want to get it or have their own agendas mm-hmm. uh, and the third thing is you know it's just sometimes our own stupidity <laughs> I mean but th- but that's okay we celebrate that yeah <laughs> We, we, uh, but we learn, but yeah. we learn, but it's, disappointment is part of it. And it, I, I know when you're a pastor and you're investing in people and they disappoint you, I know that hurts, but you can't hang on to it because it becomes exactly. anger. It becomes anger. And then you begin to start making decisions that are motivated by ungodly right. uh, intentions. So it's just simply a matter of saying, Hey, we're going to bless, we're going to bless these people that they don't get it. And they want, we're just going to, I'm going to walk away from that, making sure that I've done everything possible for, for there to be uh, restoration. But beyond that, um, let it go. Yeah. And I'm not just quoting a Disney movie. <laughs> I've just, you've got to, it's just, otherwise you're going to have so many scars in your back. You just have to let it go. And see, I think there's an awful lot of pastors and leaders that never start on the journey because they're afraid that's going to happen. And what mm. we need to tell them is it is going to happen. It's going to happen, but it's going to be worth it. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. it's, I have, uh, Lucy, my wife and I, have come to the conclusion that we could never go back to normal again. Mm. Because when you're on the front lines of ministry, when you're making disciples of people who don't know Jesus, who don't have the typical church baggage, and you're dealing with real life, and I mean, I'm talking like yucky stuff, but you're seeing Jesus show up in ways that are nothing short of miraculous. It's like, I want to be there. I want to do that. And who doesn't? We, re- we, we teach Scripture. We talk about the events that happen in Scripture. And we celebrate that and we go, wow, aren't those awesome? But I know that God himself is saying, I'm inviting you into these stories. I'm inviting you into the same kind of life of biblical proportion that you're reading in Scripture. But you've got to step into it. You've got to trust me. And if you do, 
yes, you're going to feel the same things that, that I have experienced, that Jesus experienced, that the disciples experienced, but oh my gosh, there is, there is no way I could ever go back because a life transformed, yeah. a life transformed is worth the three years of investment. It's worth the, the six years of heartache. It's worth the, the people that left because they just didn't, things weren't changing the way they wanted. It's worth it. And now, and when those people start producing fruit, when those people that yeah. use it, yeah. you're like going, oh my goodness, this yeah. is this is so beautiful. Lucy and I, I, I just, you know, a, a God would have to, a God would have to pry this ministry out of our fingers <laughs> to let go. But I'll tell you what, if, if God ever took us away from Disney, we would still do this again somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Because living life on mission, leading missional communities, leading microchurches, and Focusing on the lost, man, this 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 is living. Yeah. This is living. Lives transformed are worth years of heartache. Amen. In an upcoming series of episodes, we're going to spend some time talking about community exegesis, the art and process of learning the real culture and needs of the community you serve. Too often, especially in existing congregations, people think that they know their communities because they've lived there a long time. But the truth is, most only know the micro-communities of which they're a part. They're not paying attention to the wider cultural trends and critical demographic changes around them, at least not until those changes are big enough to cause discomfort. The reality is, every community is in a continuous state of flux. Even when our ministry and disciple-making structures are significantly different, we can all learn a lot from cast member church's microchurch idea. It's biblical. Even Jesus ministered to people through different circles of influence. The crowds, 120 loyal followers of his teaching, the 72 laborers that he sent out for kingdom ministry, the 12 disciples, and his core group of Peter, James, and John. If you pay attention to Jesus' own approach, his greatest investment was in the three and the twelve. This is where life transformation took place. The same is true today. If we can move our disciple-making efforts into smaller, well-planned clusters, their fruitfulness will increase. Stephen talks about how to start such a transition in an existing church. He noted it's usually more helpful to begin a move toward greater disciple-making by actually discipling and investing in about 10% of the congregation. He tells us to look for people who already have a grasp on the disciple-making priority and then releasing them to actually experiment with it. Teach them. Train them. Invest time in them. Empower them and then watch how that investment will slowly begin to influence the rest of the congregation toward more and better disciple-making. And if you haven't heard them already, I would suggest you go back to some earlier episodes of the Minister's Friend podcast that we did this year on mentoring. The focus was on mentoring pastors, but the principles we talk about apply to mentoring and discipling anyone. Finally, as you risk greater investment in your key members and key leaders— know that some of that journey may be disappointing or even painful. That's reality. But it's worth every moment as you see the transformation it will bring to individuals and ultimately to your church. If you'd like to know more about the process Cast Member Church uses to make disciples, check out Stephen's book, A Guide to a Life Beyond Imagination. It's listed in today's show notes. Next time, Stephen and I will conclude our discussion 
and we'll look at how the kind of disciple-making we've been discussing over these past weeks can ultimately bring Jesus to a whole community. Pastors, would you benefit from some one-on-one time with a mentor or ministry coach? The Minister's Friend Ministry is expanding next month, and it's possible to schedule such a time for some personal advice and guidance. Check out today's show notes and click on the Become a Patron button at the bottom for more information. I hope today's episode was helpful. Please check out the show notes for additional information and suggested resources. Leave us a review if you haven't already. And as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the Minister's Friend Podcast. Let's do this again real soon. You've been listening to the Minister's Friend Podcast with pastor and author John Kimball. Be sure to check out today's show notes for additional tools, resources, and information. If today's episode has been helpful to you, let us know. You can shoot us an email at podcast at johnrkimble.com. That's podcast at johnrkimble.com. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page. These are also the best ways to suggest topics for future shows. We want to hear from you. And please tell your friends about us. Until next time, may God bless you and your ministry with great fruit for His kingdom. Bye!